I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. Uh, Today, we're going to welcome to the podcast, Anthony Blattner. Anthony is the founder of Modern Media, a top LinkedIn advertising agency. As a previous tech founder and (laughs) ex-IBMer, try not to drip me up always. (laughs) Anthony has seen a lot of companies have explosive growth with good technology and good marketing, while others, even though they had a great product or service, fail without effective marketing. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Good to see you again. I was was like, when did we talk? (laughs) Two weeks ago. So uh, what was your first job? First job um, was a newspaper delivery boy when I was 11 years old. Did your mom (laughs) drive you around or did you bike? No, I had a scooter. A little scooter, a little razor scooter that I cruised around the neighborhood whipping newspapers on the lawn. (laughs) That's hilarious. And you grew up in New York, right? Buffalo, New York, Western New York area. That's cold. That is cold. Yes. That's, that's why I live in Texas now. (laughs) Even though I complain about the heat a little bit down here, I still prefer the heat to five feet of snow and single digit temperatures. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And I think we get the kind of the best of both worlds here in Colorado. Like we can get hundred degrees, but we also get like really good. Like I'm all about spring and fall. So I'm all about those kind of weather parts, but You guys, get the, you guys get the good uh, snowboarding snow, so. And you Apparently. Have so, Buffalo, Apparently. Buffalo's got a couple tiny little hills for some snowboarding, so I've done that, but um, I actually have not been to Colorado for snowboarding. I've been a lot of other places for snowboarding, but not Colorado yet, so it's on the to-do list. Uh, well, since you're coming from Texas, you have to go to Crested Butte, because that's where everybody goes from Texas. Mm-hmm. They go to Crested Butte. That's a Texas spot. <laughs> Apparently. We were actually just there. We did. Um, we just got a little Airbnb because I was like, my husband was like, well, we got to get out of town. Yeah. Like we were, so we were going to go to Florida this year. Obviously that's not happening. So um, we just got an Airbnb five nights across to be, which I don't honestly think I've ever been there. Like I'm not a mountain person. I'm a beach person. So if I'm spending money or time, generally we're going somewhere beachy. Yeah. Um, but it was gorgeous but it was like all texas plates <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's, a, there's a, definitely a lot of back and forth where i've had like several friends from austin here moved to colorado in the last few years and then mm-hmm. i know a lot of people from colorado who live here now so mm-hmm. i'd say similar from what i can grasp similar culture yes uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean austin's kind of like the boulder yeah. of texas so it might be kind of similar to colorado um so give us the rundown on your career journey Career journey. So I started my career in the software development world, uh, originally moved to Austin to, to work for IBM and I was in their e-commerce uh, division where we would go out to these big brands and build e-commerce stores and do all this web development. So right out of college, I got to see like the really big scale of uh, how all this worked. Did a lot of traveling, learned a lot. Um, actually, actually pretty, you know, enjoyed it, learned a lot from it, uh, but also quickly found out that uh, I'm well, being in Austin, I got involved in the startup tech communities here and just really enjoyed that. So got to see the really big scale at IBM and how all that worked and then got involved in the startup scene around here in Austin. Um, and while I was doing 
uh, e-commerce development at IBM. I was doing mobile app development on the side. So building these little iPhone and Android apps. And then that started to take off on the side. So eventually I started my own mobile app development agency here in Austin uh, and then built that and got to work on a lot of really cool projects with a lot of, a lot of great local and not local companies. Um, and that's, that's really where I, that, that was kind of like my first segue into the marketing world was doing number one marketing for at my software agency. And then also as we were building these apps, <clears throat> a startup or a company would build their app and then need help with marketing with it afterwards. And especially in the startup world, you know, they, they plan, they plan to build the app and you work on the app and then suddenly you launch it and they're like, okay, what's next marketing. So naturally got pulled into helping out a lot of startups and um, just various companies with their marketing after we build the app and seeing, seeing some companies do very well, you know, they would build their app and they would launch and they would, they might get millions of downloads. Uh, several of our clients got acquired um, or, you know, there's ones that I know that have, you know, hundred or more employees in Austin now. Um, so we've seen a lot of companies do really well with it, but then also at the same time, seeing a lot of companies, we would build just a, as good of an app for them and they would launch it. And then without a good marketing plan after that, it would just set in the app store and no one would download it. So seeing, seeing the need for that, um, <clears throat> I worked on that software agency for several years and then sold that a few years ago and always knew I wanted to get more in the marketing space afterwards. So um, as I was like thinking about what do I want to do next? Uh, marketing is always like the most fun thing to me. I'm like, I, I played around with Facebook ads and stuff here and there and worked on different things. So got into the marketing world um, and started this marketing agency. And in the beginning, you know, wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to focus on, but just kind of knew th that that tech space, you know, maybe startups or tech companies was what I was always really excited about. That's always what I was in. Um, kind of started in that field. So as I got into the marketing world, I did some SEO, I did some Facebook ads, some Google ads, but always just ended up finding that LinkedIn was the best channel for mm -hmm. all the work I was doing because mm -hmm. it was mostly tech-based, it was mostly B2B um, stuff that we were doing. <clears throat> so then over the years, uh, ended up, you know, just seeing LinkedIn was the best performer. So then since in the last last few years, we've been solely a LinkedIn marketing agency um, and specializing in LinkedIn ads. Um, that's been our bread and butter. So running a lot of, a lot of advertising campaigns and still mostly in the B2B tech space. That's awesome. Any apps we would know? Um, apps that you would know. Uh, we built an app for Texas A&M. Um, it was like a student app in, in regards to their football team. Mm. Uh, if you went to A&M, maybe you would see that. No, <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, uh, there was a there was a period of time in Austin here when Uber and Lyft left mm -hmm. regulations. So we we helped build the replacement app for that. Um, it was called Ride Austin, and it was the top top ride sharing app in Austin for a long time. Oh, that's cool. Those companies have since returned. So Ride Austin, uh, I think, is just operating on a very minimal basis. Uh, I'm not actually sure right now during stuff what's going on with it, but that one um, and then. Another company called Ride Scout, which eventually got acquired by Cardigo, which is owned by the Daimler companies. I've heard of Cardigo. So some 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 fun apps. I was like, is it two dots? <laughs> it's like like my, my current obsession. <laughs> well, about the game apps. Mm -hmm. Um. So, okay. So let's talk about let's talk about B two B, and how that's different than B two C. Because a lot of us get a lot of B2C. And I think that, you know, people don't really differentiate B2B and B or B2B from B2C. So can you talk about, you know, what the difference is? 
Yeah. So B2B is business to business. And that's when you're, so the differences between B2C and B2B is typically in B2C, you have a very big target audience out there mm -hmm. where you're, you might be using some mainstream media. You might be using radio, TV, you know, you can advertise to a big audience on Facebook and you're likely to have a lot of customers out there who are potential customers for what mm -hmm. you're um, B2B is a much more niche and targeted space. So the way we approach campaigns is usually, you know, who is the very specific decision maker that we want to target? Mm -hmm. So we'll talk to our clients and be like, you know, what industry are you looking to target? What company size? What is the job titles of the people that you want to get in front of? <clears throat> and, um, you know, in, in B2B, it's, yeah, it's usually these companies have a very specific decision maker that they're looking to sell to. You know, they're, they're building a very specific app or software or something that's going to serve um, maybe like HR managers at tech companies, or it could be, um, you know, what's another good example? Uh, there's a there's a video marketing service for lawyers that we're doing, mm -hmm. that we're doing the marketing for the video marketing service. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, looking to target just lawyers. And these, these like very specific B2B segments, um, that's when you, you know, it's much, you can't really use mainstream media because finding the person that you're looking to target in the mainstream media is like finding a needle in the haystack. So if you run a Facebook campaign or a radio campaign, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money and the likelihood of you reaching somebody who's actually a prospect is very low. Mm -hmm. Sure. You could, you know, if you spend enough, you could, you could reach them, but um, you're probably going to waste a lot uh, as far as like, you know, you're, you're always going to be much lower. So we do B2B, we're much more specific and targeted on it. And um, we're also much more direct in the messaging because, you know, it, you know, knowing that we can target these people, we can be very clear and direct on what it is that we're offering and how we can help them. Um, so what are the, what did I even write here? <laughs> what does this even say? Oh, so um, you kind of talked about this, but um, you know, what are some of the most effective ways to get in front of those businesses? So like, even if you were like, if you're like, I know I want, uh, like you said, HR managers in tech companies in a 10 mile radius, like what is the easiest way to get in front of those people? Just marketing period. Yeah. Uh, just purely easiest way is LinkedIn these days. Mm -hmm. If you sign up for Sales Navigator or use their advertising platform, uh, you can get those exact targeting options where you can type in a specific job title, type in a specific location and target that specific area. Mm -hmm. uh, LinkedIn's the easiest way to do it. Uh, other than LinkedIn, you know, then you're pretty much, you're probably going to uh, buy a list or have somebody build you a list of these people. Um, lots of data companies out there that will do that. Lots of tools out there that will help you look up some contact info, but uh, easiest way, yeah, it's like LinkedIn Sales Navigator or, or their ad platform. Um, so, so you focus on LinkedIn and you kind of talked about why, but tell me like this, like why, why LinkedIn? And we, we've had a couple of people on before, but I just, LinkedIn is so different mm -hmm. than any other platform and it's been growing like crazy the last few years. So let's talk about why LinkedIn yeah. uh, and how it's different. Yeah. Um, so why LinkedIn is uh, kind of the, the two sides is number one, we were seeing LinkedIn was getting the best performance for a lot of these B2B companies we were working with. And you know, to be honest, we still do, we still do a very little bit of Facebook advertising in what we do, but for what we do, we usually build um, lead generation campaigns and funnels for our clients. So that this is usually when you know you have a B2B company, you have a B2B product or service you're looking to promote, you want to get other potential prospects into your funnel, signing up for something, um, starting that conversation. 
So that's what we build for, for people. So using LinkedIn, we have those targeting options to be able to target people by title, by company. Um, whereas like on other platforms, those options just don't really exist out there. Like, like some people put their Facebook title and company on there, but for the most part, you know, Facebook's usually friends and family. So you're not putting as much professional stuff out there. They don't have much info about you. And I'll always remember the, like the one campaign that kind of stood out for me the most. Uh, this company was a, a big data platform where if you were, say you were a tech company and you had lots of emails, lots of contacts, maybe you were collecting a lot of info about people either in your marketing or in the app itself. Um, you know, data analytics is a huge thing. So, you know, most people out there, this was a big enterprise, you know, solution. So most people out there weren't, didn't have the budget to spend to be a prospect for this company. And they were doing the traditional Facebook and Google advertising. And um, when we brought them on, we saw that on Google, you know, they were doing, um, they were following best practices for keywords and stuff. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that were signing up through Google were maybe looking for jobs and they would end up there, um, but they weren't real prospective customers. Right. Now, Facebook, they were running Facebook ads, but most people that were clicking on the ad, they were just clicking on it because they thought it was like a cute picture or like it was flashy, it grabbed their attention, but right. none of them were really prospective customers. And like you see this all the time in Facebook ads and stuff like that, where you know their, their sales team was getting all these leads and stuff, but none of them were really qualified to buy. So as soon as we took the, took created their campaign, we targeted you know larger tech companies. We targeted um, specifically the data science titles at those companies, and right out of the gates, you know, just seeing those titles start to sign up for your for your campaign coming in, um, they were just like these are the perfect leads, and they were you know just night and day from like the other channels they were using to now being able to target that actual title who you want to target and getting those leads you know signed up and coming in um so that's why we use linkedin because it has the options out there that we need um and then how it's different from other platforms um uh a few different things um so i'll compare it to facebook a lot where mm. <clears throat> um on facebook if, you, if you've ever run facebook ads you usually give it a big audience and you let the ai algorithm go find who are those people most likely to buy within that audience and like facebook usually relies on a lot of like you know social indicators of like I've been to these different e-commerce sites and I've bought in these different things. So I'm likely a candidate to buy this. Mm -hmm. but, um, <clears throat> the way LinkedIn works is we're actually very specific on who we want to target. So we, we don't give it a big audience, but we give it a very narrow audience on, you know, it's usually like the, here's the couple job titles. Here's the one or two industries we want to target. And here's the very specific company size that we want to go after. So we are very specific on who we want to target, And then also, um, in our messaging and then the ads themselves were very direct in what what that is mm -hmm. where facebook you're usually um okay, so on the way that these work from a cost perspective on facebook you're usually paying for every impression so you're paying whether someone clicks or not on linkedin you're usually paying per click mm -hmm. um, so on facebook you want to try to draw in as many clicks as possible because you're paying for that impression whether somebody clicks or not Mm -hmm. On LinkedIn, you're only paying when somebody clicks. So we want to be very clear and direct in the messaging so that we don't have any un, um, unintentional clicks. We don't want somebody clicking on the ad if they don't really know what we're advertising and you know who we're, who we're speaking to. So we often call out who's that person, you know, hey, HR managers, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, click here to download the new guide for 2020 HR during these interesting times, something mm -hmm. like that. So... Um, we're usually very clear directing the messaging uh, and then that, that's usually, so 
you know, most people that we talk to bring on, they might have run Facebook ads in the past. So we usually see, you know, this is how they did the targeting before. These are the ads they were running. We're usually flipping that upside down when we bring it to LinkedIn. I like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, as somebody who like Googled Peloton yesterday, and now I have like literal like every other Facebook ads for, oh, yeah. for a bike of some sort from some company. <laughs> Here, you want, you want a tip? Anytime that you're like looking to buy something, the way that a lot of these retargeting platforms work is they will retarget you based on how far you've gone down the purchase journey. But if you haven't purchased, sometimes what they'll do is if you like add to cart but you don't actually buy maybe they'll send you maybe they'll show you a 30 percent off coupon the next day mm -hmm. so if you're thinking about something like that add it to your cart and just leave it, leave it for a few days and then see if you get like a retargeted with a coupon later that's <laughs> really good to know because we just bought a peloton yesterday uh, <laughs> next one next uh next big purchase thing. oh and it's so funny because i told my husband i was like yeah there was those spin shoes i was looking at like 18 months ago and then they showed up in my Facebook feed <laughs> and I was like it gets you they get you're you. listening to me I didn't even know their name <laughs> they're but now you know they're showing me demo shoes and I'm like it's like you know yeah. me <laughs> I mean it's funny like these these platforms know a lot about you that you mm -hmm. don't you don't they don't really know that they're tracking or like you don't even really know that you're doing a lot of times whereas mm -hmm. like you can be scrolling through your feed and just like what you happen to watch that day mm -hmm. it it keeps track of that and then other or things like slow down a little bit. Exactly. Sorry, like, it's not because they heard you. It's because something like you showed some kind of interest in something at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, you know, you don't have to click on something for it to be in an engagement. Mm -hmm. They track views and like how much time you spend on different posts. Um, then the other thing is like when you're messaging with other people, they do parse that text and can track and make, you know, they can evaluate what you're talking about. Um, and then also who you're talking to and then just who you're physically near and like, what are the topics that you guys have in common? You might see ads based off that. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, these, these platforms are kind of creepy, but very powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's just data, right? Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know. It's very interesting because um, like I said, like a lot of the time it'll be something that like, I just like thought about but it's also probably because I saw it somewhere at some yeah. point and it kind of slowed down or whatever, or somebody right. mentioned it or whatever. Um, so what, how does LinkedIn work if you have like non-traditional job titles? <laughs> like if you have like, cause I know like that's kind of a, like it's kind of a new and like up and coming thing. Like, mm -hmm. so if you have like a non-traditional job title and maybe those are the people you kind of want to find as like those non-traditional people. Yeah. How do you, like, how, how do you kind of adjust that? Is it just businesses they work in? Is it like known functions? So people that like say like head ninja. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there was, I was reading something and it was just like uh, chief of sh getting shit done or something was like her yeah. title. And I was like, oh, I love those titles. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have a cool title? I don't. Well, I don't, but I like to say, like, I always put abundant bean maker on mine. <laughs> I was gonna say top bean counter. Yeah, yeah. I put abundant bean maker on mine, uh, like in our software, like in our CRM and stuff, because I like to be a smartass. But in like LinkedIn and stuff, like it's very specific that I'm a CPA. Yeah. So the two two ways to do that is um, <clears throat> a lot of times LinkedIn guesses at similar ones, so they will a lot of times they'll 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 guess at ones that are close to what you're putting in mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, there's always a little bit of variation there, but when you have something that's like, that's like very different 
that's more different, what we do is we use function and seniority to target those people. Mm. Um, whereas LinkedIn, LinkedIn does some you know, analysis to say that they think that somebody's going to be in this category or that category. Um, you know, if they put in something that's like just off the wall kind of a title, then we don't have a great way to do that. But, you know, they're also like asking not to be targeted in that way too. So, <laughs> um, but there's alternative ways that we can, that we can target them. So, you know, if something's close, we'll, and what we'll often do is we might use specific job titles in one campaign. And then in another one, we would do it based off of function and seniority. Um, because, you know, for the most part, like, mo you know, the options that most people have is job titles. So everyone who's not fit for that job title goes in this bigger cloud of function and seniority, but these, that means that they're less, there's less people competing for them because we don't, people aren't using the specific job titles that they have. So those are actually cheaper people to advertise to because less people are advertising to them. So. Don't, do people put their degrees in? Can you like target by degree? Again, yeah. That might be easier. So we do, we do degrees often. Um, I'd say we most use those when we want to target like doctors or like lawyers. Mm -hmm. um, because people do change careers a lot. But yeah. I'd say most, most common is like targeting doctors or lawyers who use degrees. Yeah. So in our niches, a lot of the time I get people that are other B2Bs in our niche, not as much like the direct person to talk to in the businesses. It's more like the partners Yeah. in that niche. And LinkedIn's been amazing for that, but like to actually get to the dentists and veterinarians, like they're just not on LinkedIn. Yeah. But I've met a ton of people that work with those people, which has yeah. been awesome. Um, but yeah, B2B, like to find actual veterinarians or, or I have a ton, but like most of them work not in the veterinarian, like in an actual hospital anymore. <laughs> right. So I wonder if searching by degree would be helpful too. I just had that epiphany. Yeah. And, and that is for a lot of ones. Um, other things that we can do is based off skills that they might have on their profile. Mm -hmm. That's a good one because people need to explicitly add skills to the profile. Um, so that shows another level of like activity. Engagement. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then groups that they're a part of, we'll use that a lot. So those are other good indicators of things that they're um, you know, out there doing. So what's most effective on LinkedIn? Because I feel like the feed in LinkedIn is just so different than, you know, like a Facebook feed or whatever. Like I always feel like I'm only getting like a tenth of this stuff, mm -hmm. which is probably the true for Facebook too, but it's just less stuff. Um, what works well on LinkedIn is on the advertising side of things, we often use lead magnets in our mm -hmm. campaign. Mm -hmm. So LinkedIn's a, LinkedIn's a great lead generation channel. Uh, it's a great place to start the conversation. Uh, LinkedIn is a more expensive channel to, to use. Like they, they know they have this very valuable data of like job title and industry and company size that no one else has. So they charge you a premium for it. So what you want to do is you want to use LinkedIn to, um, start the conversation and you know acquire those people, but then you, you probably want to nurture them and continue that conversation over other cheaper channels. So that's when we do still use Facebook at times when we will do lead generation on LinkedIn and capture, capture leads, capture traffic, and then retarget those people. And the best, best way after they've signed up for something is when you have their email, just send them an email. So mm -hmm. they can email this is the best. Um, but then um, you know, people that have been to your site or people that have downloaded something, uh, retarget them on Facebook because number one, it's cheaper to retarget them on Facebook. And then number two, um, 
uh, Facebook has a lower minimum to be able to start your retargeting. So on LinkedIn, it's at least 300 people in your audience size um, that you have to have before you can start retargeting ads. And then on Facebook, it's just 100 people. So we can start retargeting faster on Facebook. Um, <clears throat> so LinkedIn's where you get your quality traffic, your, your, you know, your target based on job title and stuff. You get your quality traffic there, and then you retarget it via um, Facebook or email follow-ups afterwards. It's really interesting because um, I know, you know a lot of people use LinkedIn for messaging you know, we send a lot of messages. That's, you know, one of the things I've done. Uh, and it's been really, really effective. Um, mm -hmm. But I also know there's a lot of people that are like, why are you messaging me? <laughs> you know, like, this is not Facebook. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, because it's become more social. Mm -hmm. um, we, we do a lot of LinkedIn messaging as well. And those, those are very effective campaigns. Um, they're very effective because they're one-to-one. -one and mm -hmm. it's a very, when you, when somebody, when you're messaging with somebody, you can, you know, learn a lot about them by going to their profile and learning more, you know, assuming they have a good, good profile. Mm -hmm. So a very one-to-one -one, um, personal kind of connection. And like any advertising campaign, what you're eventually looking for is for B2B, it's usually get somebody on the phone or have that one-to-one -one conversation. So mm -hmm. I think messaging is great because you can jump right to having that one-to-one -one messaging conversation. Um, you're just, you know, you're just limited to the number of connection requests that you can send and hours you have on a day to do that. Um, and then, you know, there are a lot of bad ones out there. So whenever I talk to somebody, they're like, oh, those LinkedIn messages, like all that spam I get. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of bad ones out there, but yeah. it's all about, you know, those few good ones that, that you do it right. Do you guys use a tool for the messaging or do you guys do it by hand? Uh, we use a tool for the messaging. Okay. So they're, they're, we use a tool to start the conversations. And then when somebody responds, that's when we'll step in and manually, you know, a human will handle that. For mm -hmm. Yeah. I use a system too um, that I really love because it'll do all the follow-up messaging as well. Like if they don't respond. Yeah. So it's nice because it's just like, I have to set it and forget it until somebody responds. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what did I say to yeah. him? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? And why am I sending you messages? Oh, okay. This is <laughs> I love it. Um, I think, you know, what I found on LinkedIn is a lot of people are super responsive or they're just like, no, thanks, which is fine. And I'm always just like, okay cool um but i do find that it's it's more responsive than and i'm more responsive on linkedin than i am in other places yeah. you know like if, like if somebody's sending a message out of the blue on facebook i'm just like who is this i'm always just like please don't be a dick pic please don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which i've never gotten one <laughs> not cut <kind of> wood yeah. <laughs> but it's usually like eek yeah <laughs> can I preview it somehow without yeah having... like, when you get a connection request you can at least like see a little bit about them where they work what do they do mm. you, know, you can analyze like is this a legit person mm -hmm. did I accept it or not? yeah and I think most people have done especially on LinkedIn especially if they're sending out connection requests they've done a really good job in their profile right so even like in the request it says you know kind of their one-liner in the top mm -hmm. so it's like I get a lot of people that like work with CPAs or, you know, help them grow and whatever. I get a ton of those, but I always just say yes. Cause I'm just like, mm, I don't know, maybe you'll share my stuff. Yeah. Right. I, um, I would do that too. Cause I'm always like, I'm curious to see your sequence after this. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. And then I'm always just like, what's happening next. Right. Cause I, cause I have my own sequence. So it's like, what do you have yours? <laughs> so <there's> popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always cause it like pops as soon as you say yes. You know, the first message comes up always. Um, and usually I'm just like, thanks for connecting. And then I move on with my life because <laughs> I know that it stops the automatic messages if I respond. 
<laughs> you know how it works? Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do. So if it's, especially if it's like something where I'm just like, I know I'm not interested, I will just like respond real fast. Like, Thanks for connecting. Cause then I know that I'll have to come back later. Yeah. Kind of, it's kind of mean of me, but also like kind of keeps my inbox to a minimum. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, so let's talk about how COVID-19 has changed marketing. Cause you know, we're having these conversations with pretty much every industry, but like what's changed, what's important to know, you know, what are you seeing on your end? Yeah. Um, you know, from a high level, I'd say it's just, it's kind of just showing, you know, it's just making digital that much more important right now. Mm -hmm. uh, how many people I've talked to are just like, yeah, we usually go to this trade show every year. That's not happening. So we're putting that budget towards LinkedIn instead. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, we're seeing a lot more activity on the platform uh, and a lot of activity from people that weren't traditionally uh, active digitally. So, we, we got a we got a graph from our LinkedIn rep and it was like activity on the platform since February and like it kind of looks exactly like you'd expect it to look of just like as soon as COVID hit traffic goes like way up and there's like some numbers and it was like 2017 percent increase and you're like what does that mean but <laughs> I mean there's just a lot of a lot of people there now a lot of activity on the platform and it's kind of becoming the you know the kind of go-to business community where you know if we're not going to the office and we're not going to these different events that's kind of where we're spending a lot more time now is in places like LinkedIn. Yeah. So, um, you know, ways that marketing's changed, uh, you know, we kind of, we kind of speak, we always started by speaking to the COVID topics a lot. Um, I'd say now the messaging that's kind of become now that now, now COVID messaging has kind of become noisy or like everyone started talking about it. And then just like, you know, us as people are, we've heard a lot of it. So we're like, mm -hmm. okay, I don't need to hear any more COVID stuff. So we started switching our messaging of our campaigns to other things maybe planning next year planning later this year you know how are you going to reopen how are you going to go back to the office a lot of our campaigns is like talking about that um yeah you know mar marketing itself i'd say the campaigns are largely themselves very similar mm -hmm. uh, the responses and conversion rates we saw you know when COVID hit everyone kind of held their breath for a while so you saw a lot of like purchasing stop and slow down, mm -hmm. but we're just as active and just as signing up for things and looking for information. So if you're an advertiser, you know, companies have still pulled back a lot of their big ad budgets. Like a lot of big companies have pulled back a lot of big ad budgets and stuff. Um, so right now, if anything, the, the ad platform is less competitive because a lot of big budgets are still pulled back. Um, so right now, LinkedIn ads are actually about 20 to 30% cheaper than they were pre-COVID, um, which is interesting. So, you know, LinkedIn's a very expensive channel. If you can get in now and build your list for 20 to 30% cheaper than usual, that could be really valuable for you down the road. You know, that, that's a hard decision for a lot of businesses to make, get everything that's going on. But if you're able to, you could, you could, you know, get in a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah, so a lot more activity. Marketing itself is about... About the same. Yeah, I was actually somebody asked me like to look at my views on LinkedIn the other day or like my profile views and it did, it just went whoop. Yeah. But then it actually kind of went because <laughs> <laughs> everybody was like, ours are all up. And I'm like, that's interesting. Let me try to see mine. No, mine went down. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you responded to all the bots. They'll stop. <laughs> well, I think it's just because, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? You know, that's what happened. I'm not that worried about it because I still have a ton of them. <laughs> 
what are the pitches that you get uh, as like a as like a CPA? Do you get a lot of people pitching like marketing services to you? Or? Um, yeah. So I think the big ones are, and this has always been the case, but I get a lot of financial advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm always just like. I don't know what y'all think I have over here. Like, <laughs> like holding it close to the vest or something. Um, and I get a lot of, I mean, I get a lot of podcast people at this point, you know, like co- like podcast, like creators and stuff. You must um, have in your title somewhere. Yes, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. It's not in my title. It's in my, like the one-liner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get a lot of, yeah, like, people who serve the accounting, like serve accounting yeah. companies, uh, businesses. So I get a lot of those too. We, we provide X software for accountants or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like we do, we help, you know, accountants grow or create leads or, you know, yeah, they're probably similar to what you guys do. Um, but I get a lot of those. Yeah. And about the title thing, that is something for people to note is like think about like so a lot of people do do these messaging approaches and they search by title keywords in your title or keywords in your profile so if you do want to attract certain people think about what they could be searching for to find you and reaching out to you uh, we have one guy who's an investor and he says he gets so much just organic people reaching out to him well i mean these messaging people are reaching out to him because he has investor in his title um and like stuff like that we see that with real estate investor um, podcaster for sure mm-hmm. we see people um author there's another one where we see a lot of people reaching out well the speaker more, more like speakers um people are reaching out so hmm that's interesting is that a way to like know what people are googling or know what people are searching for on linkedin it's like a keyword hard to analyze that what you can do i mean you can size up an audience by you can size up how many people have that title or that keyword mm. but it's not easy to see what other people are searching for mm, i see what you're saying there's not a search volume graph. Mm-hmm. See, I'm still learning about the marketing stuff. It'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really helpful, right? Yeah. <laughs> what are people searching for? Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I get a lot of, you know, different things, but it also says um, dentist and veterinarian in my profile, because mm-hmm. that's who we work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get a lot of, like, B2B or people who serve them, as well as, like, us going out to find those people. So uh, it works, works for us, or at least, yeah. I mean, I think we get a ton more engagement on LinkedIn with the podcast than we ever have, uh, you know, on other platforms. Yeah. Um, because there's just a lot less noise. Yeah, podcasts are great. Like that's, you know, you get a lot of traffic on there because of podcasts and people are out there. I mean, right now is interesting because people aren't commuting as much. So I've heard mm-hmm. podcasting listening is down but i think overall just the podcasting trend is still increasing you know it's not gonna it's not gonna yeah our listens have gone up since covid Mm. so we were kind of really kind of at that 750 a day and it just kind of stayed there which this podcast is just like general business categories so like that those are really good numbers for our cat for the category uh but i think we're up at least 100 listens a day since COVID and it kind of just went whoop. Yeah. Um, but people were listening at different times than they generally did. So kind of like messing with like when it goes up, like it always went up at the same time, but like when we were pushing it out, mm-hmm. was, we were trying to like see when the engagement was happening. Yeah. So um, I think we're kind of back to, 
Tuesday mornings, but I don't know. I don't handle any of that stuff. I don't, I'm not messing with any of that, <laughs> but I do know that. Yeah. I do know that like we were just trying to try to optimize when people were actually listening. Yeah. Um, which was interesting because we did, it did, we, we, we saw our, our listens go up. Um, I don't know. I think YouTube, our YouTube doesn't do a whole lot. We try to get people to come watch, but I don't watch podcasts. So, you know, like we do video too, but yeah. you know, I only have a couple of people that have been like, yes, I watch it too. Okay. Awesome. I think my mom watches it or something. <laughs> I Whenever I post something on Facebook, either from myself or my company page, the first person to like it's my grandma. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she this. Hey grandma. Hi grandma. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I have a financial advisor that I work with really closely here locally and he's always, he's like always the first one. Like he likes every single post and I'm like, you're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting he's waiting for it to come out. And my uncle Brian, I was like, can I just call him out? Like he's, he's so cute. They're so cute. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Before I ask the last question, uh, what is the easiest way for people to find you? On LinkedIn. I'm uh, on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I'm there. So look me up, uh, send me a connection request. Add some. I, I accept most connection requests for for why we talk about, but add something in there just so I don't think you're gonna spam spam me too much. Um, and then outside of LinkedIn, you can send me an email. My email is Anthony at modernmedia.io, and then our website's modernmedia.io. There's a lot of LinkedIn uh, tips and tricks on there. Awesome. Um. So, what is the one thing a B two B business needs to do today to reach their intended audience better? Uh, to reach their intended audience better, uh, you know, for most people I talk to, it's like you need to get on LinkedIn and start using that. I'd say that's like the like just to reach the audience. That's the number one thing. After that, the number one piece of advice I usually give people is you need to have some kind of lead magnet to offer to people in your target market. Um, this is the biggest thing, the biggest shift for most people is when people come to your website or even your profile, you need to have something there that's going to grab their attention and give them a reason to sign up for something or give them a reason to connect with you. Um, so a lot of times, most of our campaigns are lead magnet focused. So that's offering somebody a guide or a PDF. And there's a lot around the lead magnet strategy, but choose something that's a pain point for them. That's top of mind for them. Like for you, it might be the five biggest tax mistakes that companies make, you know, yeah. sign up here to download now. Yeah. Something like that. So, um, the biggest thing for businesses is figure out maybe have a few lead magnets and uh, put together a good couple PDFs and then use those in your marketing. Yeah. I, uh, I keep overthinking that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be simple, you know, you do this day to day. What are, what are the, what are the three to five things you most commonly talk about with people? Mm -hmm. And like, especially like, even think about just like when this one becomes on new, what are the first mm -hmm. three to five things you do with them, put that into a checklist and then that's your PDF. Yeah, right. I've got like 20 of them just like swimming around in this yeah. mind right now. <laughs> you can make it industry specific or yeah. even job title specific. You know, are you working with a CFO or are you working with a business owner? Maybe they each have one. Maybe yeah. the veterinarian industry has one. The dentist industry has one. Mm -hmm. I just need to sit down and Canva it out. Like mm -hmm. it's literally yeah. just sitting in my head right now. Yeah, Canva's a very good, easy tool. Google Docs is also pretty easy. Just put, yeah. a, put some content in there. Oh, yeah. Up a little bit and then well, I made this whole PPP loan spreadsheet situation wow. and it was like good to go and ready to go. And I like started I did a loan video and I just did everything for it. And then they changed all the guard all the guidance on it. 
<laughs> and so I like I updated it all and then I was like you know what just kidding <laughs> just kidding I gave it to my clients but I'm like I can't put this out into the universe because it's changing too often right and I want it to be solid guidance right and I can't do that in this current situation yeah That was one of the best campaigns that we ran a couple months, couple months ago was, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you're paying per click on LinkedIn, it, your eventual cost per lead is based on how many of those clicks actually sign up and submit. Right. So we, there was one of our clients was a CFO um, type of agency and they released a PPP um, tip sheet for people. Mm -hmm. oh, that's this cool. is what you do. So put out this tip sheet. I'm like, it was just like, that was top of mind for people. I think, their conversion rate was like 75%. Like basically everyone that clicks on it is like, yeah, yeah I want that. <laughs> There's a CPA firm and I literally only know about them now because they had a PPP versus EIDL chart on their mm -hmm. website that was all over the internet. Um, mm -hmm. And it was gold. It was solid gold. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I could probably still type out their website address. Um, <laughs> it's a bigger, it's like a probably a medium sized firm. I don't even know where they are. Mm -hmm. but they had this really great, you know, PPP versus ED, EIDL loan chart that they created and were updating and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, that was just very, very, thank you. <laughs> think about how I probably downloaded that. That probably mm -hmm. went viral, you know? Yeah. Like something that's top of mind, a pain point and top of mind for your audience. And yeah, well, I even like link to it. Like I have it mm -hmm. in my Facebook group. Like I send it to my clients, like, I posted it a bunch of places because it was just a really good, solid, you know, and like, I, like, I think we we're talking about before, like, I'm always looking for resources from people who are smarter than me <laughs> or like have done the, you know, or we're going to do the work to update it really is what it comes down to, especially with this stuff. It's like, you made that commitment and you're going to continue update it for me. I really appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> especially in your category where like things like tax law changes often and it's really important, sensitive information mm -hmm. that you most updated stuff. Yeah, so. especially with the PPP loan stuff. Like I get daily emails from some of my CP providers about like PPP loan changes and I just like delete them because I'm like some point I have to go back to this but not today. <laughs> <laughs> I a lot of things. Okay. Okay. Oh, that. yeah, no, I just delete I'll it. I'll snooze it in Gmail. I'll snooze it. Oh, yeah. I use that probably too much where like every weekend I get like 30 things back in my inbox. I'm like, oh. Next week. <laughs> I'm really bad at the snooze too. Um, usually it's bills that aren't due until like later <laughs> in the month. <laughs> I'll get that later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's like vendor bills, like people I directly work with, then I'll pay it. But if it's like, you know, my insurance or whatever, then it just waits until it's time to pay it because I'm like cash flow with my friends. Uh, but yeah, then I'll snooze and I'll be like, oh, look at all those bills I forgot about. Or like I decided to put out of my mind. <laughs> My productivity person, Stephen Crawford, would yell at me about that. <laughs> He's like, add it to your to-do list. I was like, but then I have to remember to go to said to-do list. Right. So, no. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant. Be abundant.